This is the Colts Free Agent Tracker, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. Hey, this is the final Free Agent Tracker podcast before we start the new league year in the NFL coming up on Wednesday. I'm Matt Taylor. It's good to be with you. Joined today in studio by Bill Brooks and J.J. Stangovitz, and we saved the most interesting for last on our Free Agent Tracker podcast series because today we're looking at the free agent stock of wide receiver T.Y. Hilton as we tape this on Monday, the first day of the legal tampering period. And, uh... Bill, when was the last time you were tampered with? That's what I want to know. Oxymoron to say legal tampering. I know. It is an oxymoron. But uh, I was never good enough to be tampered with. Let's let's go there. Oh, no. No. (laughs) JJ, I imagine the last time you were tampered with was uh, this morning, just like me with the two-year-old. Yeah, right. He threw a tantrum on the way to work. Tampering involving the color of milk cup that my twins got. That was, yeah, that was a fight. Tampering and tantrum. They're in the same neighborhood. Same deal. You know know it. Yep. I I remember those days. (laughs) I I don't want to wish those days away, but but sometimes it would be easier if... uh, you know, my two-year-old was four or five, uh, and all all in due time. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about this week, JJ. It's going to be nuts. You were just talking before we hit the record button here that this week is, it's got the potential to be uh, some pretty late nights uh, around that mm-hmm. keyboard of yours. It's funny. It's funny, Matt. You know, whenever someone asks me who doesn't, you know, totally know what my job is, like, oh, so this must be kind of a, you know, a downtime for you. There's probably not much for you to do. Like no, like Bill. Bill made a good point. Yeah, you're that, not painting the house this week. No, right? No. Uh, Bill made the point that this is almost more stressful than the regular season because the regular season you have a routine. You know, Mate, you you know what shows you're doing. You know, I know what I'm writing. And this week, I, I don't know who the Colts are going to sign. I don't know what they're going to do. And that unknown, it's exciting. I love this time, but. It is a, a constant. You got to have your phone on you at all times. You got to see what's going on. Yep. You got to be available. It's uh, it's a fun week, but it is a stressful week. For and it sure. can happen at like one in the morning too. I remember when I covered the Bears, they signed Allen Robinson at about three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and I mean literally, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, they were sli- they they just stayed at Hallis Hall. Mm-hmm. to get that deal done and Matt Nagy just slept under his desk that night in his <laughs> office cuz he was like, "Uh, oh, you know, I'm not going home." And I remember waking up, you know, to a 3 a.m. tweet from Adam Schefter. Yeah, done it, done it. So that was that was fun. Yeah, we've all been there certainly. Well, free agency and uh, the new league year that starts legally on Wednesday and as always, if the Colts make moves, we'll be talking about it this week on colts.com and all the podcast channels and of course JJ will be writing about it. Uh, all right, so let's take a look at T.Y. Hilton, who told Chris Ballard a few weeks ago that he's interested in coming back and playing in his 11th season. Now, if that's, or we have to wait and see if that's going to be with the Colts or not. But for the second straight off season, he is a free agent coming off 23 catches in 10 games last year, 331 yards, a couple of touchdowns. And as we all know, that's a very unlike T.Y. type of a season because he missed seven games with injuries to his neck his head and his foot. He had fewer than four catches, seven games, and fewer than 52 yards in nine games. So, Bill, it is uh, very appropriate to start with you because you played the game at a very high level at the same position. But 
I want to go back a couple of weeks to the Combine. Let's start there. How surprised were you to hear that, that T.Y. wants to come back in 2022, according to Chris Ballard, because he and Jack Doyle, very tight, very good friends inside that locker room, they were thought to, to make their decision together in terms of retirement. Come to find out Jack is hanging it up and T.Y. still wants to play. Were you surprised at that decision? I was a little surprised at that decision that T.Y. still wanted to play, hearing that from Chris Ballard that T.Y. wants to still play and, and go out there and, and give it another shot as far as out there on the football field. But it, it surprised me a little bit because I also was thought that maybe he might be a little frustrated depending on you know what was going on, especially last year with him, him being so banged up and injured and not being able to play and also in 2019 being banged up a little bit. So a lot of times when you when you're injured and you're playing and you can't play at the level you think you should be able to play because of injuries, that makes it a little frustrating. And sometimes you might think that you know what, maybe I've lost a step, maybe uh, Father Times has caught up mm-hmm. with me, so uh, maybe I should hang it up. But you know what, he feels like he still can play and can add some value to this team. That um, he wants to come back and, and try for another year. Here's something interesting. So when Chris Ballard said that at the Combine, that T.Y. told him he wanted to come back and play, I mean, I was a little surprised. You know, yeah. I, I thought a lot of signs were pointing I to – I was too, yeah. Yeah, I thought a lot of signs were pointing to him, you know, making 2021 his last year. But then you go and you look at some stuff, and you can see there's still some juice left there with T.Y. Hilton. So yards per target, pretty decent stat just to kind of look at – uh, you know, a guy's volume and usage. T.Y. Hilton averaged 8.9 yards per target. That was higher than he had in 19 or 20, 2019-2020. It was where he was at in 2017 when he caught 57 passes for 966 yards. Now, that's not to say blanketly that T.Y. Hilton is the same player he was in 2017. He's he's a different player. But to me, that told me, hey, you know, with some, you know, the, the way that he was used in the offense – you get him the ball, and he can still make some plays. And I think we saw that at times last year, you know, where Frank Reich would, you know, go up to him on the sideline like we saw in Hard Knocks and say, look, no, we believe in you. Like, you're going to need to be the guy at some point for us. And that didn't totally materialize, but maybe part of that wasn't all just T.Y., you know, being in his 30s and being hurt. Maybe there are some other factors mm-hmm. involved in it that, you know, we obviously don't know about in terms of play calling scheme whether the quarterback's reads were, whatever it may be. Um, so when I, I looked at that, I kind of thought, yeah, well, maybe T.Y. does still have something left in the tank that he could bring to the Colts or another team in 2022. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Bill, I mean, J.J.'s right. Plus all of that, plus he's played with four different quarterbacks in yes. that time. I mean, if you look at it, in his first seven seasons, which equates to 108 games, his averages were about 75 yards per game and about 16 yards per catch. Those numbers, Bill, in the last three seasons are about 45 yards per game and 12 yards per catch. So wh- where do you weigh in on that $64,000 question? That That is, how much does T.Y. have left in the tank as he embarks probably on? Probably more than $64,000, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> for T.Y., yes. Yes, it for will all be. For all of us, <laughs> we're living in the, in the normal world. Uh, I mean, I know gas is pretty high right now, Bill, but <laughs> speaking of money, but, but what do you think that means for T.Y.? Well, I, I think what it means for T.Y., I think T.Y does have something left in the tank. I think he ha- he's not the player he was in 2016 when he had over 90 catches for over 1,400 yards. He's not that player, but he is a player that brings some value to that wide receiver room. I think he's a guy that 
has some leadership skills that he can help with those young guys. I think he's a guy that still can make plays. I think he there's certain plays that routes I think that he's real good at, the comeback route, the over routes. Those are some routes that he does really well mm-hmm. out there in the football field. So he can add some value to the wide receiver room. I think especially when it comes to leadership to young guys, um, they need someone in that room that has some leadership, that has some uh, experience in playing and preparing for games, preparing for a season, and just playing the nas- in the National Football League where a lot of these guys haven't had a lot of experience in playing the game of the National Football League. Michael Pittman right now is the, one of the ones that on, on the contract that has the most experience mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. in that wide receiver room. So they need a guy that can help these young guys out that uh, the Colts have to, to bring some value not only to the wide receiver room but to, to the team in general as leadership and, and uh, some experience that he uh, has that can – translate to helping those guys out on the football field, off the football field, and just being professional. So so what's his role next season? Mm-hmm. Is he good enough, J.J., to be the number two in this offense, currently speaking, behind Michael Pittman, who's heading into year number three? He's coming off a 1,000-yard season. Is, is T.Y. the number two still at, at, at where he is in his career? Uh, uh, probably not. And you you do need to factor in the games that Ty missed, um, you know, with the neck injury, with the concussion. It, it, you know, Ty has played in ten games in two of his last three seasons, so meaning he's missed six and seven games uh, in that span. So I, I don't think if the Colts do bring him back, they would view him as a number two. But Ty could be a valuable guy, a valuable target in you know the, kind of that you know say a, a number four, number three number five type in that kind of range where maybe he doesn't get you know the the 70 targets or 90 targets or 100 targets but is used in a maybe in a a similar role to where he was last year where you know he's still got some juice you know he can go make some plays um and and you know that he's going to be reliable especially on third down uh with some of those routes bill that you mentioned there but beyond that ty hilton's leadership in this offense is so important, especially for a wide receiver room that will probably be pretty young again in 2022. Right. No matter what the Colts do in free agency, it's still going to lean toward being young. You know, Michael Pittman's going into his third year. You got, you know, Desmond Patman's going into year three, Mike Strawn into year two, some of those guys. Um, and just for the entire offense and really the entire team, T.Y., when he speaks, players really listen. And that's something that I talked to Frank Reich about during the season, uh, about T.Y. just knowing when to pick his spots. And that's such an important quality for a leader to know when to speak and how to speak. And T.Y. knows how to do those two things. So I think there's some value in that as well. I mean, J.J. just talked about it, Bill, with the the young core that this team has. And, you know, certainly there's a lot of potential there, but there's also – there's not a lot of – proven commodities, right, with Mike Strawn basically getting a redshirt year, Ashton Doolin more involved in the offense last year than he ever has been before. Same thing with Desmond Patman. We saw it late in the season with that touchdown on Christmas night against the Arizona Cardinals. So let's go big picture on it. How much do the Colts need a, a proven and reliable receiver, another guy to complement their young core and Michael Pittman heading into the 2022 season? I would like to see the Colts get another proven, reliable receiver that can make big plays. I think we heard Chris Ballard state uh, mm-hmm. during the combine about having big playmakers, playmakers, guys that can make some big plays, some guys that can make some big chunk plays 
uh, for the offense, and they need that, and they want to improve in the passing game. You heard Frank Reich say they want to improve in the passing game as far as Chris Ballard, and, and as well as Chris Ballard uh, said that also. So I think if they can go out there and find someone that is reliable, uh, can be a, a, a big play guy for them, that would help that room out, not only just as far as from a production on the football field, but also as far as leadership off the football field as well. So you have a guy that's been proven and knows how to do it, and he not only can do it on the football field, but he can help those young guys and show those young guys what it takes to be a professional wide receiver in the National Football League. Yeah, you think about just that that example that T.Y. sets. Um, you know, even when it comes to, you know, something like run blocking, where that's not something that T.Y. Hilton is, you know, maybe known for, but the willingness to stick your face in there and, and do those things, um, you know, especially depending on what might happen with Zach Paschal in free mm-hmm. agency. Yeah. Um, just, you know, that that overall, that leadership of that room. And, and you know, granted, T.Y. Hilton and Reggie Wayne are very close. So th- that's another aspect, too, this, that if T.Y. does come back, he's not playing with Reggie Wayne anymore, but he's being coached by Reggie Wayne. And that's kind of another, you know, neat little wrinkle um, you know, because T.Y. always talks about how Reggie was one of his favorite teammates. Um, you know, maybe that's something that kind of reinforces that leadership in a young position room. Um, you know, especially with Reggie Wayne not having uh, much experience as a wide receiver coach, having kind of that, you know, that veteran in there, too, like T.Y. Hilton to, you know, help reinforce that message that, you know, that might not hurt either. I want to go back to something you guys brought up earlier, just the rotating cast of of quarterbacks that have been here. I mean, it's it's obviously a, a less than ideal situation to have four different quarterbacks in four years for a guy like T.Y. Hilton. Bill, you're the perfect guy to ask this question because, again, you played this position at a high level. You're in the Colts' ring of honor for doing it. How much does the starting quarterback impact any receiver's production, and what do you think that has meant for, for T.Y. Hilton's production since we've seen him have a, a different quarterback throwing him the ball since 2018? Well, a quarterback plays a part in, in the production of any wide receiver, right. T.Y. or whoever it is, because you have to work on your timing as between the receiver and the quarterback in regards to uh, the routes you're running, uh, the defense, mm-hmm. uh, who you're playing on defense, how the defender's playing you, inside, outside, off, uh, bump and run. So he, the, the relationship that a quarterback and the receiver have plays a big part in the production of how well the passing game is going to go, how well uh, you're going to produce out there in the football field. And you need time together. This and, and a good receiver-quarterback combination relationship has to have some time together. And when you have that time together, it produces better results, for the team, better results for for you too. So mm-hmm. it plays a big role in what goes on out there in the football field as far as production for the receiver because the receiver needs the quarterback and the receiver needs the quarterback to understand what he's doing, what he's not going to do, and vice versa. The receiver needs to understand what the quarterback's going to do because when you have that connection, you know when the quarterback's going to throw the ball, you have just a, a, a gut feel that, hey, the ball's coming out now to me right. at this point. I need to get my head around. Or you know that the, no question. You know that the guy is, is, is going to be ready to uh, throw the ball. You know the guy's going to be ready to come out of his break. So all this timing um, between the receiver and the quarterback has to work out, and that takes place a lot of times during the offseason. And I saw that firsthand. I mean, I did sideline reporting on radio 
you know, in the, in the heyday of Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, we and we all know how close those two guys were. Yes, and you saw it. I mean, you you saw just eye contact or hand gestures, and both guys knew exactly what that meant. They had their own little language, so to speak. And we all know what a unorthodox type of receiver that T.Y. Hilton can be at times to get himself open. J.J., this is going to blow you away because to that point in the last three seasons, forty nine games for T.Y. Hilton, he has. Just under 1,600 receiving yards, right? Mm -hmm. In 14 games with Andrew Luck in 2018, the last time that duo played together, T.Y. Hilton had 1,270 yards. So that's 79% of his last three-year total he compiled in 2018. So I think for a lot of guys, specifically T.Y. Hilton, quarterback, and who's throwing you the ball, it definitely plays a part in your production. And just that comfort level – that you can have on the field and then with a different quarterback every year and a lot of these quarterbacks not throwing to T.Y. Hilton in the spring I think that's mattered I really do yeah yeah without a doubt and you know it's one thing to you know throw you know throw on a football like a high school football field somewhere and it's another thing to really get that in practice Mm -hmm. seven Uh, on seven yes against the defense yeah right you get seven on seven you're going up against a defensive back there are you know more bodies in there um you know that timing stuff really matters and I think that's something that T.Y can you know bring again you know is and bill i want to get your thought on this because this is something i've loved talking to wide receivers about is that every receiver has their own little nuances of where they want the ball how they want the ball how where like when they want the ball on a certain kind of a route like do you want me to round off my post a little bit uh you know do you want me to go a little bit deeper where do you want my depth to be like that's all very very you know stringent on um you know contingent excuse me on the quarterback wide receiver relationship is getting those things down and for ty now to go through another year where you know well you know there might be another quarterback here like it's it's that's hard that's really hard on a wide receiver isn't it it is hard it's hard when we're going from one quarterback to another quarterback and because you worked out all those nuances with that one quarterback and, you know, hey, look, the quarterback wants me to do this on the route. He wants me to round it off here. He mm-hmm. wants me to come out sharp here. He wants me to come back a little, two more steps here. Uh, the ball's going to come out at this timing, so I need to make sure I get out of my break real quick. So all those things you work on, you work on in practice and practice and practice, and then all of a sudden someone else comes in, then there's another quarterback you have to get used to and you guys have to – go through that again and it's just a lot of communication a lot of repetitions a lot of watching film all those things so it's very important that they have that relationship and they have that time together where they can work on those little things that make the route more crisper make the pass a lot crisper uh it's coming out on time mm-hmm. catching the ball so all those things play a part so it is important for the quarterback and the receiver to have that relationship where they understand one another and they can make the big plays when needed outstanding work as always gentlemen it's a busy week but a fun week as we talked about earlier we've got nfl free agency we've got quarterbacks on the move we've got quarterbacks coming out of retirement uh it has been nuts already and basically we haven't even started yet so um it's going to be a great week and plus we've got the ncaa tournament going on in the background don't forget about that so don't turn off your tv for a second between news in the nfl and buzzer beaters on the hardwood hey mlb free agency too don't and forget Major about League your reds baseball. making some moves uh well they're making moves and basically sitting out the season so it's going to be <laughs> awesome yes i can't wait for baseball and and then the first week and then i'll you know start cutting grass and you know, focusing on more important things things that don't make me mad bill who you got who's your who's your team in the bracket 
Who's Ooh, going all the way? I don't know. I, I you know what? I'm gonna go with Arizona. Yeah, I yeah. Think I'm gonna go with Arizona. Fun team to watch, yeah, man. Yeah, they're a good team. Really to watch. fun team to watch. Not Arizona. I'm 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 kind of pulling for Gonzaga as well. Uh huh. Uh, didn't didn't get the job done here in Indy last year. No, See they if they didn't. can come through this time. JJ, what about you, man? So my wife and I have a we we do a bracket every year, and the winner gets you know some sort of prize. And this year the prize is a morning off of childcare duty. <laughs> so the, Dude, the that, stakes are high. That's legit. The stakes are high for me to get a Gonzaga Auburn <laughs> championship game that is won by Gonzaga. Now you just do an overall wins, or do you have points? Oh, I, I got a, I got a, I got a point system ready to go. Nice. It is going to be intense in the stank of its household over the next couple of weeks. Now, when is the morning? Is that just noon? Like, when's the, what's the shutoff? The, the morning is from 7 a.m. until uh, they go down for a nap. So it's about 7 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. That's, oh, that we're talking that's pretty about. intense. That is significant. For those with kids, you know yep. that is a real, real uh, prize right there. That five and a half hours is going to mm-hmm. seem like 24 hours. <laughs> you could it's going to be on a vacation, you could, man. You could, go, you could go to the gym. You could do whatever you want. Oh, so hell yeah. stakes are high. Yeah, no, no question about it. All right, well, good luck to you, man. That's a big deal right there. Uh, if you need any babysitting help, you can call Bill Brooks. He's happy to help, man. He can change some diapers with the best of them. I am free. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun breaking down all the uh, top in-house free agents for the Colts these last couple of weeks. We'll have the podcast coming up tomorrow, and then we're still leaking out combine content that we gathered a few weeks ago. We were so loaded, so we've been pretty strategic with that. And then coming up on Thursday, we'll have our Inside the Draft conversation with Chris Trapasso this week from CBS. And then on Friday, we'll recap the week that was the first uh, few days of NFL free agency for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. That on the last word. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Colts Audio Network. Again, for Bill Brooks and J.J. Stankovitz, I'm Matt Taylor, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you later on this week here on the Colts Audio Network. 